I never expected to see this kind of progress made on this subject uh, ever in my life. It is undoubted that our government and our intelligence agencies have sequestered UAP or UFO technologies and have been exploiting them for derivative technologies for decades. Bob Lazar back in the day. What he said is becoming much more relevant these days. Secrets, cover-ups, and strange phenomena. UFOs and ideas that challenge reality itself. All these mysteries, all this time. Are we ever going to get to the bottom of these? My name is George Knapp. I dig into news stories that others can't or won't. I'm Jeremy Corbell, and for some reason, people tell me things they probably shouldn't. And this is Weaponized. Weaponized. This is Weaponized. Welcome back. You know, Jeremy, we had a plan to talk about UFO, UAP news. Unfortunately, there's nothing happening. So this could be the shortest podcast ever. Yeah, man, nothing's happening. What a week. What a couple weeks, man. I mean, this has been really uh, enlightening, I think, for the general public, right? What a, what a week, what a month, what a year, right. what five years. The last, I mean, we've said it many times that I, I never expected to see this kind of progress made on this subject. Uh, ever in my life. And the, the, the story is just flipped over completely. Yeah. We, we saw members of Congress come out and drop some bombs this past week. Um, you know, we've heard from Senator Gillibrand. We've heard from representatives Burchett and Gallagher. And uh, Marco Rubio stepped up to the plate this week in an interview on News Nation and dropped some absolute bombs. So we want to start with that. Yeah, for sure. He, he absolutely did. So you know, some of what Senator Rubio said, I think for the general public was like really shocking, right? This is right after new legislation was kind of proposed, passed, bipartisan. You know, it's got some more steps to go before it's signed into law. But uh, some of the things that he said that were so powerful to me was that, first of all, there are witnesses that came forward of high class. He said very high classification that, that don't that, that are not public yet. These are people you haven't heard from. So these are not the usual suspects. These are people that are worried about their jobs. They're worried about their clearances. They're, they're worried about uh, personal safety, he even said, which is, which is something you and I know about, but it's not something that is real public, is that people are actually worried about their safety. Members of Congress have stepped up to the plate, have done a great job of providing some sort of a safe haven for whistleblowers to come forward, yeah. certain protections, legal protections, and have encouraged people to step up and uh, tell what they know. One of those, of course, was our friend Dave Gresh, who did testify multiple times behind closed doors under oath. And it was pretty clear from Marco Rubio's comments that he was impressed by what Dave Gresh had to say. For sure. And, and he talked about him. But what also is important that he talked about was that it wasn't just Dave, right, that he has direct, he calls it or they call it firsthand experiencers of this technology. So people reverse engineering or working on these programs that actually saw physically held these craft materials, that kind of thing. People argue that Dave Grush is like a secondhand witness, that, that he's not a firsthand witness. What do you say to that? Well, okay, so, but you have to understand that's what Ruby is talking about. What Dave Grush did is he found people within these SAPs, within these exploitation programs, and he had them testify to him about their firsthand direct knowledge of these programs. He then passed that over to the ICIG, which is Intelligence Community Inspector General. They did their own independent research and did their own independent interviews under oath in the classified setting where everything could be said. And they were convinced that this, this is important, that it's credible, and that it's urgent. So this idea that, that Senator Rubio also has people that he's heard from that physically work on these programs now, right? This is exactly what Dave Grush reported, and he reported the illegality of it. If this wasn't UFOs, it would just be a, a, an issue of misappropriation of funds and secret over secrecy. But because it's UFOs, it's something else. But that's what Dave Grush did, was he put it all together within his ability that he was tasked to do through the UAPTF to look at these SAPs, special access programs and compartmentalized programs, and find out what's going on. He then pushed that over to the ICIG. They did their own independent investigation. And guess what? Credible and urgent. It is uh, hilarious, 
sad and appalling to see some of the attacks that are attempted on Dave Grush's credibility yeah. uh, coming out of left field, the kinds of things that people try to make stick to him. So far, they've all failed. They obviously failed in the estimation of Senator Marco Rubio, because these, this is what he said on News Nation. We'll say there are people that have come forward to share information with our committee over the last couple of years. I would imagine some of them are potentially some of the same people that perhaps he's referring to. I want to be very protective of these people. A lot of these people came to us even before these protections were in the law for whistleblowers to come forward. Sorry, people who have had firsthand knowledge, who claim to have firsthand knowledge of seeing this type of thing. Or, or have firsthand knowledge or firsthand claims of certain things. Uh, some are public figures, you know, and, and you've heard from them in the past. Others, um, you know, have, have not shared publicly. And so we're trying to gather as much of that information as we can. But I, and the reason why I'm being cautious, I'm not trying to be evasive, but I am trying to be protective of these people. Some of these people still work in the government. And frankly, a lot of them are very fearful, fearful of their jobs, fearful of their clearances, fearful of their career. And, and, and some, frankly, are, are fearful of harm coming to them. So that category of people who have firsthand knowledge, who say they have actually seen these kinds of things, do you find many of them credible? Well, I don't find them either not credible or credible because we have no basis about understand some of these claims are things that are beyond sort of the realm of what any of us has ever dealt with. What I think we owe them is just a mature, you know, understand listening and, and trying to put these all these pieces together and just sort of intake the information without any prejudgment or jumping to any conclusions in one direction or another. I will say I find most of these people at some point or maybe even currently have held very high clearances and high positions within our government. So you start at you do ask yourself, like, what incentive would so many people with that kind of um, qualification? These are serious people have to come forward and make something up. I want to send out some props to News Nation. They've jumped into the UFO deep end of the pool in a big way. Uh, that's the parent corporation for KLS TV. The guy who's sort of running the show there is a, an executive named Chris Berg, television newsman uh, of many, many years, who helped me create Mystery Wire at KLES-TV and was a great champion of that. And he's doing uh, great work. Their whole team is doing great work to give a platform to Marco Rubio, to you and others. What's your experience been like with them? Yeah, well, look, I mean, people, news people always want to talk about what's going on. I try to you know, kind of stay out of it to a degree, but when it's something that's pressing, uh, I think they've been covering the news really well. I think that they have taken it head on where other big news organizations haven't jumped in in the way you'd hope. Just report the news. That's all we're asking. Just report the news. So I think they've done a great job. They're, they're navigating a new space. A lot of these people that are doing it, they, they, they're not really indoctrinated into what's been going on with UFOs. It is amazing the major media platforms that have not touched this. Either they come out and do some disparaging remark, an op-ed column kind of a thing, or ignore it altogether, which is more common. Uh, the fact that they have not touched the Dave Grush story, how do you not report that story? Whether you believe him or not is irrelevant. Him testifying to Congress, members of Congress accepting him as being uh, valid and believable, it's amazing that you cannot cover it. It's a, it's a huge story, and it is surprising in the way that other networks might not have covered it. However, I, as the eternal optimist, I know for sure that there are good reporters. Like at NBC, you've got Gotti Schwartz, and he does everything in his power to cover this. Now look, everybody has a different bar of like, what do you need to know? Just because there's an IG report doesn't mean that what's in that report is 100% factual. So everybody has a different bar. I will say behind the scenes, some of these big networks are trying to figure out how best to cover it. They're, they're, they really are trying. I hope that the spillover of the news, the actual information does start bleeding out into bigger media outlets. But I think people are confused. This is like Rubia said that in, in that interview that we just heard. He said, you know, this is something we've never dealt with before. These claims are something we've never dealt with before. That, that's so true. Well, it's true for media as well, for reporters. Now, that story has been there as low-hanging fruit, big, juicy, plump, ready for plucking for decades. And yet, major media, my news brethren, have ignored it. And in fact, they not only ignored it, they have dumped on it and ridiculed those who do dive into it. And now they're suddenly finding out, holy cow, there's a real story here. And they're a little bit lost, not sure how to proceed. I mean, it's a, it's a huge story. You know, this concept that we have been reverse engineering 
UFOs and that this is something that's been hidden from the American and global public. Like, how do you begin to, to go into that? How do you begin that if you have not been accurately reporting it through the decades? How do you do that? Yeah, well, it's a steep learning curve, let me tell you. You know, you got to read. You got to absorb a lot of information, separate wheat from chaff. There's a learning process there and it takes time. Uh, I would say that members of Congress have done their homework. I mean, the, the, the legislation that came out this, this past week or so that was passed by the Senate Intelligence Committee is absolutely extraordinary. The, the language, uh, they have clearly had some coaching and some inside information. Maybe Chris Mellon, maybe Dave Grush, people like that who have told them where the stuff is, how to find it, and given them a lot of language that uh, presumably would help them find this so that the keepers of the secrets cannot avoid accountability. Well, I'll tell you something, it might not be the usual suspects. See, that, that's the thing is that the, the knowledge base that is required to create legislation like that might be through independent research. It might be through individuals that we don't know their names publicly yet. So I, I do think there are people behind the scenes. I know that there are people behind the scenes working to expose what is at least known to be true at this time, which is that secret programs dealing with exotic technologies that are presumed to be not made here on earth. Let's take a look at this legislation and some of the wording that's involved. There's a section in this bill that passed the Senate Intelligence Committee unanimously, by the way, sense of Congress. It is the sense of Congress that due to the increasing potential for technology surprise from foreign adversaries and to ensure sufficient integration across the U.S. industrial base and avoid technology and security stovepipes, keyword there, the federal government must expand awareness about any historical exotic technology antecedents previously provided by the federal government for research and development purposes. They're talking about special access programs that presumably have technology, um, call them UFOs, saucers, metamaterials, whatever. They further indicate that we're talking about activities involving unidentified anomalous phenomena protected under any form of special access or restricted access limitations that have not been formally, officially, explicitly, or specifically described, explained, or justified to the appropriate committees of Congress. They're trying to, to nail it down so you cannot wiggle out of this, the language that is in this, uh, this legislation. They're talking about recruiting, employing, training, equipping, and operations of, and providing security for government or contract personnel with a primary or secondary mission of capturing, recovering, and securing unidentified anomalous phenomena craft or pieces or components of such a craft. That is incredible wording to appear in federal legislation. Agreed. I mean, it blows me away yeah. that we've come this far. Yeah. I mean, they are clearly trying to close what they think will be loopholes in the attempts by whoever has this stuff to continue to hide it. Any person currently or formally under contract with the federal government that has in their possession material or information provided by or derived from the federal government relating to unidentified anomalous phenomena that formerly or currently is protected by any form of special access or restricted access shall, check this out, not later than 60 days after the date of enactment of this act, notify the director of such possession and not later than 180 days after the date of the enactment of this act, make available to the director for assessment, analysis, and inspection all such material and information and a comprehensive list of all non-Earth origin or exotic unidentified anomalous phenomena material. The, the last thing is liability. No criminal or civil action may lie or be maintained in any federal or state court against any person for receiving material or information described in subsection D. If that person complies with notification and reporting provisions described in subsection, if that person complies with the notification and reporting provisions described in such subsection. I mean, that legislation is saying 
we members of the Senate Intelligence Committee believe that there is extraterrestrial, interdimensional, exotic craft of unknown origin, non-human made in the possession of either the government, the military or defense contractors, and we want it. And, and basically that is a declaration that the hunt is on. 100%. And the coolest thing about it, you have to disclose possession of this within 60 days. You have 180 days to show it, to actually show it. So now, look, I, I hope this becomes law and I hope it's enforceable law. And I hope that this process works. But no matter what, what we're seeing is the screws being tightened down on aerospace companies, on subcontractors, on retrieval programs to say, have you been given the right to look at exploitation of UFO technology? And if so, this is what you need to do. So it's powerful if it can be enacted. Well, let's talk about that. Will it pass? I mean, it's been approved by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Obviously, it would have to pass the full Senate. Then it has to pass the House. Then President Biden would have to sign it. Are any of those things going to happen? You know, it looks pretty good right now, but I, I would say it's not a slam dunk at all. The Pentagon has enormous power on Capitol Hill. Every congressman wants to be portrayed as pro-defense. I'm rah-rah, I'm right there with the Pentagon, I'm pro-strong national defense. Almost all of them have defense installations or contractors in their districts. So not only can the Pentagon lobby members of Congress, Senate and House, on this issue, but the defense contractors, companies like Lockheed Martin and Northrop and, and uh, SAIC, they give out a lot of money to members of Congress. They help get them reelected. That effort, to my knowledge, has not even started yet. They, the pushback has not really begun yet. When it happens, it's going to be significant. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, so, so the way I read this is carrot and stick. This is something that's been reiterated to me in numerous ways. So, you know, the, the stick is we are turning off funding for these illegal, not properly reported programs. And that's it. You have to acknowledge it. And we're turning it off if, if you're going to keep them illegal. However, the carrot is if we have, if you acknowledge these programs, there's no acquisition regulations, meaning we don't care how or where you got it. If you acknowledge it, then we're going to continue, you know, to, to support this important work. So, so that is really cool. It's like carrot and stick. The idea that we're, we're making the stance, we're drawing the line in the sand. If, if this passes, we're drawing the line in the sand. Hey, Lockheed, you have a recovered UFO from somewhere. You've locked it up. Maybe we go back to the idea of the Wilson Davis memo. People that should have authority don't have authority. But if you, if you tell us about it, then we're going to continue helping you fund it. And maybe even Lockheed or other companies, maybe they're looking for that front door entrance for the technology. Maybe they want to make it official and bring it in through the front door so they can expand the number of people researching on it. They can write technical papers about it. I have a hunch that there are contractors that would like to see this legalized so they're not going to get in trouble for it. My wife and I watch a lot of these cop shows on television, these crime shows, and it's always the cops in the interview room going to the suspect saying, look, if you come clean with us now, we'll give you a break. Although that doesn't always happen. But if you lie to us, the hammer comes down. That's what's happening here. Look, if you um, aerospace companies and you've got flying saucers hidden in a hangar somewhere, tell us now. Um, and we won't hold you accountable for it. We won't punish you. But if you don't, uh, the, the, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, it, here's the thing is, is there a case to be made that exposing what we've called the goodies should not be done? And I say it in this context is, you know, people that we know, high up people, um, almost universally believe that total disclosure is a bad idea. It is intrinsic. There are national security implications that are intrinsic to this. This is technology that would change the world, that would change the military balance in, in the world if we could successfully reverse engineer it. We've had this stuff for decades, um, limited success in trying to duplicate the technology with earth means and earth materials. But if that breakthrough could be made, it would be enormously important for the world. 
it's important that we get it and not Russia or China or some other adversary. But that's that's the pr primary premise of why the secrecy has taken place for so long. And I don't know how you get around it. Let's talk about that for a second, because I am not one of those people that think that our world would instantaneously be revolutionized by the technologies uh, that we have allegedly recovered and have been reverse engineering. What I mean by that is a lot of people like to say, well, you know, free energy, like instantly the whole structure, infrastructure of fossil fuels would go down and people would lose money and they're fighting against that. I just, I don't see that. And here's why. I, I don't think it would change things overnight. I think that whatever technologies can be derived from these acquisition programs, that it would take um, a, a great deal of material science in, in order to replicate them. And as we know, all the way back from Bob Lazar back in the day, believe him or not believe him, what he said is becoming much more relevant these days with what we're learning. What he said was that we have no way of replicating these technologies, that material science alone is the limiting factor. It's kind of the speed of light when it comes to this topic. But guess what? He's not the only one that, that said that to us. I mean, almost across the board, people involved with this have said, the number one thing that stopped this is we can't properly replicate the power source. That's what's said to me over and over and over again. I don't know what to make of that completely. I got some theories. But I mean, if that's the case, now back to your point, George, you were, you're, you're basically saying, should this be out? Because we have talked to a lot of people in position to know that are against what we call disclosure, what some people call disclosure. Okay, but disclosure of what? Like, as Lazar has said, whose job is it to, to, to not let people know the fundamental nature of reality that we live in? Sure, some things could be weaponized. But look, we've acknowledged the atomic bomb program. We've acknowledged the nuclear programs we don't teach people how to make nuclear bombs. But we've acknowledged it. So I'm, I'm kind of like in this limbo where I'm like, the fundamentals should be told. Secrets should be kept. But where is that, that in the middle place where we can get the basic information out to the public, if true, and protect national security? Among the things that we do not know is, we do not know of all the people who have met behind closed doors with uh, congressional members and staff, we don't know who, if anyone, has made the argument that disclosure is not a good idea. And here are the consequences if we disclose it. Can you have partial disclosure? It's like partial pregnancy. Uh, let's say Marco Rubio convinces the Pentagon or Lockheed Martin, let me into the hangar, let me see the craft. Oh, there's the bodies. He gets to see that with his own eyes and then goes back and what? He, can he say it? What can Congress reveal to us? Can they say, we've got this, we've been working on this for a long time, we're trying to make advances, tell the world about it? Because there are significant ramifications to that. What it tells our adversaries about how much progress we've made on it, the fact that we've got the stuff that they may or may not have. Uh, what is the reaction of the public? We think we're ready to know, but are we? Because we don't know what the bottom line is. I, I hear you, and I also know that a lot of people we have talked with have cautioned us that there is some truth, some deeper truth that shouldn't be uh, widely publicly known. I think it's fucking bullshit. Like, I honestly, I, I want to know what you think. George, now, what do you think? I think you're playing both sides here. Do you think the public should know about whatever the reality might be about this? Do you think? Well, it is my job to let the public know. And I've worked for 35 years to let the public know. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure that that is a good idea. I really am not. And I'm, I'm torn over it and, and it messes with my head. But uh, the fact is that we don't know what the ultimate effect of revealing this stuff will be. I don't think you can go part way. Um, if, if we've got bodies and craft, people are gonna wanna see it. They're gonna wanna see uh, pictures of it, video of it. They're going to want to see analysis of it. There's no way you can tell them, yeah, it's real, and the public will be satisfied and move on to something else. You know, we we do not know uh, so much. We don't know. Um, we haven't seen pushback in the media yet, a little bit here and there, but it's coming. You know, uh, we've seen journalists pummel and pound on people like Dave Grush, Eric Davis, and others who've come forward with information, who put their careers on the line. And, and, and probably their personal safety to go ahead and tell Congress behind closed doors that this stuff is real. Uh, they've done it at, at great risk and they've got nothing but grief for it. 
But the real big push by the New York Times, by the Wall Street Journal, by folks like that has still not been launched. And I think it's coming. You know? okay, but I want to get clear. Would you ever hide from the global and American public if you found out the absolute 100% truth? Or would George Knapp, would you report on it? I don't know. Really? I don't know. I mean, I've, I've grappled with that question. Let's say somebody comes to you and says, all right, we can tell you. You can come in and see it. We'll let you into Area 51. There it is. But the, on the condition that you can never report it? That's a tough question. Oh, you're going to light the internet on fire right now. Every troll in the gym. I'd like to know. I mean, if the cost of it is that I can't tell anybody about it, you know, well, it's a tough question. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me reverse that a little bit. So, cause as a journalist, if you found out nobody put restrictions on you, would you tell the public? Yeah. I mean, my inclination is of course. Yeah. But let's say somebody makes a case to me that this is a really bad idea and here's why uh, it, puts our security at risk because it tells Russia where we are. It tells China where we are. There's no transparency movement in Russia. There's no disclosure movement in China. We know that those countries have this same stuff and are trying to figure it out. I think it puts us at a disadvantage, a strategic uh, national security disadvantage for us to go ahead and, and uh, open this stuff up. Although I'd like to know and I'd like it to happen. You know, I, I just think we're not hearing that side of it. And I hope that somebody has talked to Congress behind closed doors about where this could lead. Right. You got to give me a reason. Otherwise, I'm going to light a match and burn the whole house down. You got to tell me why this is something that isn't something we should report on. Like if we get, you know, some sort of definitive knowledge in some way, man, I don't know. I'm just I'm being honest right now. I'd, I'd light it up. What if it turns out that aliens made us, that space aliens have been manipulating our DNA, that we are a lab experiment? What if it turns out that interdimensional beings are like Santa Claus? They know when you've been bad or good. They know when you're sleeping. They watch you in the shower, when you're in bed, at your most private moments, sitting on the toilet, that they're always among us, that they can come in and out of our world, uh, that they control our world on a mass scale, and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, are people ready to handle that? It's not my job to decide if people are ready to handle that. I, you know, I say, bring it on. What else you got? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but um, I'm just saying that I hope that somewhere along the line, as Congress is considering this, that they take that into consideration. The other part of it is, let's say Marco Rubio, Senator Gillibrand, they get the tour, they go into the hangar, they see the stuff. What do we know about what they can tell us? Right. Uh, because just because they get the information under this legislation does not mean they have to tell the rest of us. Right. Um, and, and, you know, there are there's some really interesting language. And as I said before, I think they had some great coaching from Chris Mellon, Lou Elizondo, Dave Grush, people like that. Sure. About how to develop this this uh, language. But it's clever. You know, there are some clever loopholes. Uh, you know, who has this stuff? Where is it? Uh, is there a chain of custody that shows that the crash retrieval stuff, other than Roswell, belonged to the U.S. government, and then we handed it over to a private company. Is there a, a, is there a documentation trail? Is there a money trail? There are references in this documentation and in the legislation to, hey, we're going to cut off the money. Um, you know, if if you guys don't comply with this, do we know for sure that there are special access programs controlling this material, the bodies, the craft, whatever that is funded by the taxpayers? I don't know. I mean, we think that that's true. Do we know how many uh, of these crash retrievals, assuming there are multiple, and we believe that's the case, how many of them were retrieved by, say, Lockheed or uh, SAIC instead of the U.S. military and the U.S. government? Are there subcontractors who did this stuff for the military, then handed it over to another company? They have so many layers of these special access programs. Congress can sniff around about it, but really penetrating that world? By passing this legislation, you might, in effect, force this into an even deeper, blacker hole than it is now.
Oh, that's dark, man. I hope not. No, but I, I feel you. I mean, from the people that, that created the language and wrote this, I think it's it's a real, it's an attempt to pop the balloon. It's an attempt to jump in, to gut this thing. But you're right. There are a lot of things that could go wrong. So the, the idea that we know there are shell companies for organizations like CIA, right, that then sequester that money over and then they, they have their own organization to go in and do retrievals or something like that. Let's pretend that's the truth. So something like that, right? So then you wouldn't have the direct ability to shut off money because you don't even know where that money is going over to in right. the first place. So I, I get it. There's tons of problems, but this is a huge leap for what we're trying to understand with this subject. This is a huge uh, arrow that's being shot. Absolutely. Totally agree. I, I'm just saying that the people who live in this world, yeah. they navigate it so much better than we do. And so you can have really great language like they've crafted in this bill uh, that still provides some wiggle room. All right. You're looking for non-human technology, something that is exotic, something that is foreign, unidentified. Um, you know, you could uh, the, the companies that have this material, assuming that it's a private company, uh, they don't know the origin. They can't say it's non-human. They don't know where it came from. So the the, the dance and the gymnastics of language, I've, I've seen a journalist friend of ours, Chris Sharp with the Liberation Times. He's really dug into this. He's like trying to figure out the terminology. So you haven't found evidence of extraterrestrial. Well, how about non-human? How about of unknown origin? And the types of responses, I think it's okay to say that he's receiving at this time is like, well, you define unknown origin. I define it like it's like so there's this gamesmanship right now of, of what is in the in the press world, the PR world, you know, trying to get people boxed in when they're doing things like making requests for information that is really tricky stuff. Uh, look, people involved in this, I, I personally know people involved in this are concerned by they are concerned for their safety. Some people are very concerned for their safety. And we know Rubio and we know the gang at eight. We know that the Senate Intelligence Committee are taking those concerns seriously. Now, what does that even mean? Like, that's so crazy to me. The idea that people who are in active positions within intelligence organizations or let's just say whatever other organizations, that they are concerned about speaking, even though they're being asked to come and talk about this. And people have concern that Dr. Sean Kirkpatrick reporting back to Congress isn't going to be transparent. Like a lot of people are not going forward to Arrow because they're worried that they don't know if he's on the level to be straight. That's that's what people think. How do they prove it to people that they're on the level? I'm not sure they can at this point. I mean, the, the signals that they've been sending so far are decidedly mixed. We know people in that whistleblower world. There aren't a whole lot of them. There are some. And they are very concerned about the direction that Arrow has shown. The statements that Sean Kirkpatrick has made in public, I've seen no credible evidence of this or that. Uh, that is uh, incredibly discouraging, I would think, to people who are ready to put their lives and careers on the line to come forward. I'd have to think twice. If I had a family, I'd have to think twice about it. So let's break it down for people. So you've got people who are coming forward to Arrow who say, I have personally worked on this stuff. This is where the holding facility for this craft or this uh, technology is. Uh, I have personally held it. I have worked on it durationally for years, some of them. And then they see these public statements by Dr. Kirkpatrick and they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So that is a discouraging thing for some of these whistleblowers or some of these people that, are, that have been asked to come forward. You know, uh, somebody who's really been pushing the edge of the envelope in the house is Gallagher. Uh, this guy. We saw him at that that first public hearing where he just came out blazing. He'd obviously done his his homework, but he's subsequently made recent comments as well, where he, you know, he clearly knows this issue inside and out. Representative Gallagher is a champion when it comes to the UFO transparency. This is a guy that I think spends a lot of his time dealing with the kind of adversarial attempts by China. So this is something he he heads a committee. He is one of these kind of America first, like let's do this kind of guys. And to see him talk about the UAP issue so openly the other day, he was on a, on a podcast and I was just watching it thinking, man, this guy is a champ. Twice a year, they have to give us a classified briefing. And once a year they have to do an unclassified briefing. 
usually when we get these unclassified briefings in written or in spoken form, they're unsatisfying. They don't really go into the details. So I think once we've compiled all this information, and there's other stuff we have to do, we're going to pass hopefully another piece of legislation that Rubio is doing in the Senate and I'll do, do in the House, which basically says if you are part of any reverse engineering, crashed, exotic materials recovery program, you are not allowed to access any government dollars, but we'll offer you amnesty to come forward and report to us. Because the claim that Dave Grush and others are making is that these programs exist and they're in violation of the law because Congress is unaware of them. So we have to smoke mm -hmm. that out in uh, order just to examine that claim. Yeah. And I think if we have a better body of evidence, then we could come forward with it. I am in favor of transparency on this. I think the American people, I think. That's going to be a shock yeah. factor, though. So yeah, big time. I mean, that's yeah. going to fuck yeah. up a lot of shit. Well, it's, yeah. it's not the worst case scenario, though. Think about it. I would actually, depending on uh, what the intention of the aliens are, if indeed it is extraterrestrial. And last time I was here, we went through all the different hypotheses, right? To include the Terminator hypothesis. So yeah, hold on, though. Cool. Us from the future. If it, maybe it is potentially time travelers or whatever, yeah. which would be crazy. No, That would be absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. Probably that orange globe we yeah, saw. Yeah, the portal. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we all saw that. But if it was, which some people just try to write it off as, and I know AJ and all the boys have questions, I apologize here, but if they were to write it off as foreign threat, that, in my opinion, could be the worst-case scenario. If it's yeah. China or Russia, and they have advanced technology... That we goes, can't even sniff, right? We and right. we can't even understand the physics of it. I mean, some of the things are going Mach 5 and changing direction. I mean, but if it was them, they would already use that, right? In what scenario? That We haven't fought you know, a force-on-force -force great power conflict with either. I mean, we get basically involved in the proxy war in Ukraine right now, but we haven't gone... The Chi last time a Chinese fought a war was... 79 against the Vietnamese didn't end well for them. So, so they send a balloon know. over to say, this is what you guys got. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's the other thing that's happened, right? So in addition to people coming out of the woodwork, people going public uh, to the media with their reports, we had four balloons shot down over North America, which I don't remember the last time that's mm. ever happened. Now, one of these, the Chinese spy balloon, we've been briefed on, but the other three, there's stuff appearing on our training ranges and we don't understand where it's coming from. So as, a, as someone who focuses on defense and the defense competition with China, we have to figure that out. We, ha we have to be able to control our rangers. Otherwise, you're putting pilots. That's why you're so passionate behind this. In jeopardy, right? That was my entry point into it. And also now I'm just curious about answering the question. I think there's actually a bigger issue, too, of people losing trust in government, trust in institutions. This should be an opportunity for the government to be transparent. If we have information that disconfirms the UAP hypothesis, the, uh, the extraterrestrial hypothesis, or all these other ones, at least shows the government doing something competent and being forward-leaning by declassifying information to the public. So for those two reasons alone, I think it's worthy of investigation. And the third one that I'm probably most interested in is whether it's adversary technology, particularly China. So I chair the Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party in the House, and we're in charge of developing a comprehensive strategy for how we beat the CCP over the long term. That, to me, is the biggest national security issue. That's what I'm in charge of in the House, and this is a small subset of that overall effort, if it's adversary. Got it, got it, got it. I think, actually, the biggest source of resistance is just people, it's almost like they're embarrassed to talk about the topic, right? They think they're going to be labeled a crazy tinfoil hat, mm -hmm. conspiracy theory, got it. Looney Tunes person. So just by having these discussions out in the open, I think it goes a long way. And most of the resistance is just from the bureaucracy in the Defense Department and in the intelligence community. I have about five requests right now of the intelligence community, things they owe me to come back on related to UAP stuff, and they're deficient on all these requests. So that just, might not come for, what, a year, two years, six months? Maybe. I mean, so that historical report is due next summer, and I, my understanding is they haven't even started drafting it right now. So the other hypothesis we didn't talk about last time is that this could, as opposed to being uh, us from the future, it could actually be an ancient civilization oh my that's just God. been hiding here. Oh. For all this time. Like Transformers. And it's suddenly showing itself right now. So this guy, what, what he's done, um, Congressman Gallagher, is he has put the Wilson Davis memo in congressional record. He did so with knowledge. He did so eloquently. And additionally, I don't think this is the last we hear of him on this topic. No, I'm certain that's that's true. Uh, the uh, His... his uh, Blood brother in the in the house is Burchett, Tim Burchett, our, our our pal, right? You talk to him a lot. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're if they're friends or anything, but I, I will say this: is that uh, Tim Burchett, Representative Tim Burchett, Congressman Tim Burchett, uh, man, he is like a dog with a bone. He wants to uncover what has been covered up, and and I respect that, and he is fighting for it. And I think we're going to talk more about that on an upcoming episode. But yeah, he is really. 
fighting for the people on this one. Uh, let me uh, just throw one more uh, issue into the mix is the, the most basic, uh, one of the most basic motivations in this whole thing is money. So let's say this technology exists. It's exotic. It's world transforming. Its potential is enormous, both on a national security perspective, but also on a financial perspective. If you were a, an aerospace company that had a flying saucer and you've been working on it for 30, 40 years trying to duplicate this technology, do you want to give that up? Because I wouldn't. I wouldn't want, my stockholders wouldn't want me to. I'd do it, anything I could to hang on to it to try to figure it out. Because if you were to make that breakthrough, it changes the world in so many ways. It changes the national security balance, but it also changes your financial portfolio, your financial standing, because it would be, we can't even calculate what it would be worth in dollars and cents. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, but I keep coming back to the whole thing. You don't have to give up everything in order to inform the American public of what they have a need, what we have a need and a right to know. If we are not alone in the universe, if there are craft of unknown origin, be it extraterrestrial or weirder, and we have obtained these somehow through crashes or deliveries, and then we've been able to, to garner derivative technologies, this, the bigger picture is so important. Like, honestly, I'll, I'll throw a grenade like in, into this. The, the bigger picture is so important. We have a right to know about the world we live in. We have a right to know and a need to know if our cosmology of, of, of existence is wrong. Now, I do get it that we have to protect secrets. We have, but again, I'll come back to the atomic program. We know nuclear bombs exist. No one's teaching people how to, people shouldn't be teaching people how to do it. So I just, I don't know, man, I'm... We wouldn't have acknowledged or announced the nuclear bomb existing before we had blown one up and the, our adversaries knew for sure that we had it. Doesn't make it right though, but yeah, it's a different, yeah, apples to oranges, I, I, I get your point. I'm just saying, yeah, man, th th if this is true, if this information is true, people have a need to know. Well, you know, the point was in discussing this legislation that uh, it still has a long way to go. Yes. It passed a Senate committee. It still has to be passed by the Senate, by the House, signed by the president. The lobbying effort, um, anti, has not really uh, shown its face yet. We don't know what anti-legislation witnesses might appear uh, or what kind of pressure will be uh, born on these members of Congress, but you can bet it's coming and media pressure as well. Um, so I'm in favor of it. I think we should, it, I hope it does well. I hope it moves forward, but people should not get their hopes up because we don't know how that's gonna end. Yeah, you're always managing hope. So in the UFO field, it's as if you've been doing this for 35 years and you have seen things go wrong. Yeah, and you've it? had a lifetime of disappointments on this topic. You have, huh? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I don't know, but it, it, you have to admit this is, we're seeing things that we never thought before. And, yeah. and I, I do wanna do a shout out to Senator Gillibrand too. Oh, yeah. Straight up, Senator Gillibrand, you're doing good work because without her pushing this, and I don't know if she's the most informed person on this topic, but she has absolutely been super active in getting all of this happening. So look, as long as our representatives are representing our interests, then I'm good for it. And by the way, this is bipartisan, and we're gonna see that a lot more in the next month. Absolutely. Uh, I wanna expand the conversation a little bit. It's not just an American issue, it's an international, it's a global issue. And we recently had a chance to sort of broaden the discussion by talking about something going on in Canada. There's a member of parliament named Larry McGuire, and we recently released a letter that he had written to their Minister of Defense, and he makes some really provocative statements in that letter. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of blowback on this. Well, what does he know? He must just be getting information from Lou Elizondo and Hal put off in the UFO echo chamber. That is not our understanding of it. No, that's not right. That's, that's not what was going on. So, okay, let's back up. So we released a letter that we were informed about and obtained. And that letter specifically ta tasks the uh, Minister of Defense uh, from Canada, Anand, is, is how you say it, Aaron, I guess. And he said, make sure to get a classified briefing. And by the way, Five Eyes Foreign Material Program. I mean, it was, by the way, I think that's classified in Canada. It's not in the US. Amazing that it was in that letter. So we released that saying we got more work to do. Well, we did more work. We have confirmed 
He wrote that letter and that that was an informed letter. And I don't know how far you want to go with talking about it. And we can't say how, but we know for sure that they did their own, that they found, Canada found their UFO exploitation program. <laughs> well, we just say this, is Larry McGuire has a longstanding interest in this topic. He's not trying to replace uh, Prime Minister Trudeau as the leader of Canada. He's secure in the position. He's been in it a lot of years. His personal interest in UFOs has sort of driven him forward. And he came across some information. And yes, he did meet with Lou Elizondo. He did meet with Hal Putoff. He met with other members of the U.S. government to get information, exchange uh, views on the UAP mystery. But he also develops his own source of information. We can't say what we know. We can't say how we know that he knows. But we can say that it is independent of all the usual suspects in this field. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it would be firsthand direct individuals. I would imagine that, that they would know the program, the program name and, and individuals that worked on it. That's why you would write a letter like that. We should use a clip from uh, an earlier interview that Larry McGuire uh, gave in which he talks about his interest in this topic and where he'd like to see it go. Uh, well, what can you share with me about um, what the Canadian military has seen? Or um, certainly I know of some of the Canadian sightings out there, but, but share a little of that with me. Well, we know that there's been some sightings in some of near or around some of our nuclear facilities. There's been sightings across the whole country. There's been data that's been gathered in a couple of areas. Uh, but we haven't had very much public discourse on this at all. We were just talking to Lou um, Elizondo, and I asked him uh, about uh, Canadians being briefed. Um, we know that you've been briefed on some of this, some of this previous report. I met Mr. Elizondo myself uh, about a year and a half ago, a year and a quarter ago or so, so had a briefing with him. That's after he left the U.S. military to become more public uh, and getting the information more public. We know that uh, we don't know whether the Prime Minister has been briefed in Canada. Uh, my colleague in defence on our side of the House has put forward a statement on it as well. Uh, but other than that, there's been very little discourse. We do know that uh, the minister has been uh, briefed in Canada, but um, uh, you know, beyond that, there hasn't been very much discourse. And so we're, what I'm trying to do is say that we need to have a parallel program to what the United States already has in uh, accumulating this uh, information in a common area. And uh, you know, we think that the, uh, the uh, 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 just with the objective to determine what the origins and intent of these UAP are, and it should be probably discussed and done through the Canada Chief Science uh, Advisor, which is Dr. Nimmer in Canada. Uh, well, I want to ask you about that. In this public hearing, uh, they said uh, that they are working with NASA, they're working with our allies. Um, I'm assuming that might mean five eyes. Um, what would you like them to share? They seem, they seem to be dealing it more from a national security issue, but Canada isn't. Well, I think we need to be careful with that, uh, but we need to move forward with a uh, hopefully a, a nonpartisan party here in Canada as well. It's, if, if there's any issue that we can be nonpartisan on in Canada, it should be this one. And I think that we've got an opportunity to bring uh, the discourse to uh, a more public realm and uh, just have a recognition of what's already taken place in the legislation passed and the reports that have come out of the U.S. We know that these objects, uh, these uh, phenomena, do not know what borders are. So we need to take into consideration that this is a northern, uh, you know, a North American airspace, and uh, and these things transcend uh, into both of our nations and and the United States. So uh, there is an opportunity there to discuss these things more openly. We just haven't got. Uh, the discourse going here, I think, to even get our Canadian people to say, oh, well, we're in, in, in much of a conjunction with the discussions with the U.S. You sound a little bit frustrated that Canada is just not taking this seriously enough. Well, when you see the, the uh, information that's come out of the United States, you'd have to take it seriously. Uh, and we're just saying that we need to get more, uh, as I said, we need to identify the origins and the intent of these UAPs. And uh, that certainly can't hurt anything. It's got to be uh, developed uh, between our countries. We should be sharing that information. And uh, it's certainly uh, something that we think the effort should be undertaken to investigate and, and you know, make those findings public in a responsible manner. I think... Here's a guy that is, like, as I metaphorically said, throwing a grenade, right? I think that he's frustrated. This is my personal take. I think that he is frustrated with not making progress on this issue. I think that he's urging his minister of defense to get a classified briefing, which they 
issued like some denial letter about you know UFOs in general, and, and we'll talk about that. But I, I think that the main thing is, did she get the briefing? That's the question the journalists should be asking right now. I'll tell you this though, Canada took a different stance than the US. Canada wants to explore this scientifically, where the US wants to come at it from a standpoint of national security. Now again, I just wanna be real clear, I am all for national security. Do no harm. Some secrets, some secrets should be kept. I wanna make that really clear, some secrets should be kept. With that said, as journalists, it is our job, if it's in the public interest, to bring things forward. That's all we're doing. You know, since that letter came forward, of course, he's taken all kinds of shots, which is inevitable in this world. You know, he's a backbencher. He has no uh, great sources. He's just picked this up from the UFO grapevine kind of a thing. People trying to slap him around. I'll point out a couple of things. He wrote that letter in March. It was not made public. He didn't issue it as a news release. We know that it was personally handed to the Ministry of Defense, not sent through the mail, handed to her uh, so that she could read it. But we know that she didn't respond until after we did a, a story about it. We've been told that it was out there somewhere on, on the Twitterverse that we didn't break it. I don't care. I mean, <laughs> but whoever had that letter before and didn't make a point of letting UFO world know that it exists, you screwed up, you know? If you're a journalist, and you had that letter and didn't do a story, you screwed up. So, you know, uh, you know we, we made a point of it. It made international news. Uh, Larry Maguire gets a lot of attention, and I think he's, he's uh, held up pretty well against all the criticism that came. But he raised some really good points about the Five Eyes Nations, US, UK, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, that they have a program involving reverse engineering. And it's not just something Scuttlebutt picked up at a bar down on the corner, it's information that he has direct access to. Um, and the response from the Minister of Defense, which didn't happen until after we released this letter, was straight out of Project Blue Book. Um, it, I, if, if the PR mom for the Pentagon didn't have a hand in writing this thing, I'd be very surprised because the, the language is right out of Blue Book oh, we haven't studied that stuff since 1969. It's no big deal. It's, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Is the PR mom for the Pentagon Susan Go or Susan Goff, however you say her name? Gow, maybe. Yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. So she, okay, so, so we have seen direct lies coming from Pentagon spokespeople like the one we just mentioned. We've seen that. So you have this, oh, nothing to see here, move on. So what you're saying is that this letter that, that was responded to from Canada says, nothing to see here, move on. We're not reverse engineering UFOs. Well, that is absolute, utter bullshit. So they found their UFO program. It is an exploitation program. It is housed under the Five Eyes Foreign Material Program. And this is just one program, but what it implies is it implies a coordinated multinational effort to reverse engineer and work on UFOs, or what people call UAP. So the reason this letter was put out was really because if, if you really read the letter, it, it, it's out because Canada thought they were gonna be outpaced. They thought they would lose public trust with their citizens. It was ACUS, A-K-U-S, which is a, a, a trilateral group, which is basically uh, saying, we're gonna we're gonna look at this independently, and by the way, we might they might put something out. So the whole thing McGuire's letter was saying was people are gonna find out. There are gonna be some admissions, but not from the Five Eyes, but from that that group of three. So it kind of sounded like he really raised the alarm. He was like, "You need to be read in. You need to get a classified briefing." I don't know. It. it I don't think she did. Straight up, I don't think she did. And I think that they deserve uh, the the public, Canadian public deserves an answer to know, did she get that briefing? Exactly, and you know, the tone of that letter sent in response was, what a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. I'm not gonna waste my time on this stuff. I suspect that Larry Maguire is not gonna take that sitting down. We have no idea what kind of communications have gone on behind the scenes between the Ministry of Defense and him and other members of parliament, whether they are asking questions, whether his colleagues are saying, hey, what's the deal on this? Uh, and how the other four eyes of those five eyes nations have responded. We know one of them responded. Australia sent a letter saying, we don't know what you're talking about. We have nothing to do with this. But of course, Australia has taken their lead from the U.S. all the way. 
on this UFO issue. They follow our lead. They do what we say. And they've been completely uh, uncooperative uh, in terms of disclosing what their government knows on this issue. Yeah. Well, I. I I think that the pressure is building. So I'm, I'm seeing this like, I, I don't know what disclosure is. I think that we're kind of like experiencing that in some way. Uh, but I want to come back to something you said. There are two things you said that are just unbelievable, more unbelievable than UFOs. The first thing you said is that you sit back and watch television. You don't got time for that. Do you actually watch like cop shows? Once in a while, okay. yeah, when I'm going to sleep, yeah. Unbelievable for the record. Okay, but that's great. So you got a little downtime. Second thing you said is that if you found out the truth, that you're not sure you'd tell the American public through your reporting, I call bullshit. You would tell people, wouldn't you? Sure, I would. Yeah, but yeah, I you mean, would. I, I, hope, I reserve at least a little bit of doubt in that nobody knows, nobody that we know knows what the truth is. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what the ultimate answer is. We don't know who they are, why they're here. We don't have answers to any of the big questions. And I don't think people at Lockheed, or SAIC, or Northrop, or the DIA, or CIA, I don't think any of them know either. We've been pretty far up the food chain. We've talked to as many people as exist in the white world, uh, not the, and a lot of them in the black world, and uh, they don't know either. Uh, we've found nobody who really knows the answer to it. So there might be something there that does not need to be revealed that would cause uh, changes to our world that could not be, we couldn't stuff the genie back in the bottle. So to, to clarify, I mean, you wouldn't do anything that hurt our country. No. You wouldn't do anything that hurt our national security, no, nor would I. And, we, and we've actually taken great measure to make sure that that is the case with anything we put out. But on the other hand, your personal you know, desire to know and this sort of thing, all the way up the food chain, right? As you said, when you say people, nobody knows the whole truth. I, this has always concerned me. And, and I... Is there any adult in the room, in, in your opinion, is there anybody that knows the full scope of what's going on, do you think? No one that I know, and no one that I've ever talked to, and no one that I've heard of. Uh, we both know people that know a lot more than we do, and that the general public knows, uh, but I don't think there's anybody that knows the full picture. I mean, that's a frightening idea yeah. that, that things have been so compartmentalized and stovepiped to where you have these auxiliary groups just running these UFO programs. None of them are talking to each other. This is what Lazar said back in the day. He's like, you can't do science that way. You can't separate it. You need collaboration. You need a variety of opinions and viewpoints. So what you're saying, if I'm understanding, is that you think this issue has been so segmented and fragmented that there is not one authoritative figure or body or group? That's part of it. There isn't, there, it is stovepiped, and there's not a lot of cooperation between the different special access programs and interest groups uh, and companies involved in this. But there's also the larger picture of, is this knowable? Um, are we capable of answering these questions? I don't know anybody that can answer that, that part of it. Uh, it's be like, uh, have you met God? You know, is God real? Uh, it's that kind of a level of, it, it's, it goes to the nature of reality. And I'm not sure that we are gonna be able to answer that ever. You're like, you get so esoteric, man. You, you become <laughs> like one of these guys, like working on a program. You ask them about the technology, if these people are telling the truth. And it's like, they become like kind of big picture people all of a sudden when they're really engineers and they can tell you the microcosm. I don't understand what that means. Like what is, this potentially bigger picture, I, I, it's beyond well, me. Well, we can kick it around. In the short term, though, this legislation, in my view, is a great step forward. I'd like to know. I, I would root for the Senate and, and Congress to go ahead and pass the legislation and see what happens and see if they can get at the bottom of it and then reveal to the public what they can without damaging national security. Uh, along the way, though, there are significant challenges. There is going to be pushback to that legislation. And you continue to see all of these proclamations from government officials at the Department of Defense about transparency. And, oh, boy, yeah, we're really answering your questions. You see these proclamations that ring hollow to me. And I'll give you an example. Just this past week, another barrage of crap shot at Lou Elizondo. Uh, letters that are leaked out of the uh, out of the Pentagon that take another shot and try to question: Was ATIP real? 
Did ATIP study UFOs? Did Lou Elizondo have anything to do with it? People raising those questions all over again, trying to muddy the waters on Lou, who's, you know, by this point, you can't take back what they've already said. Yes, it was real. Yes, he controlled, he was in control of it, and it was legitimate. And now they try to undercut him again because they know he's getting ready to drop some bombs. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, the truth will rise to the surface. I think if everybody you know, supports this type of thing to try to explore and figure out the legislation, like I hope it passes in the, in the exact form it is. I am very encouraged. What I'm extremely encouraged about is I think to, to get public up to date, to get everybody in the public up to date, we need people on camera coming forward in the congressional setting, testifying under oath. And I got a sneaking suspicion that we're going to see that real soon. What do you think? I believe so. Like, you know, maybe within weeks we can hear about <laughs> Let's end right here. <laughs> um, I just say at the end that um, Senator Rubio, Senator Gillibrand, Representatives Gallagher, Burchett, you go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right on. Right on. Cadence 13 Studios, available now for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your shows.